Welcome to the Gamers Over 50 podcast. This is episode number 16. We're jamming, jamming, global game jamming all over the world. All right, sorry. I know, a little bit of singing for you today. Um, I did kind of allude to this in our indie podcast that I would hope to be doing a global game jam podcast as from January 31st to February 2nd, the Global Game Jam is going on. All right, that's enough of my like 1970s DJ. Apologies. Uh, unless you really, really liked it, which, you know, I can't do a good Wolfman Jack. And if you don't know who Wolfman Jack is, you're definitely not 50. All right, so... Uh, the Global Game Jam is coming on, so I thought I'd give you a little bit of history, what a Game Jam is, what this Game Jam is, and then go into it in a little depth, and then I have a special, awesome uh, kind of ending to the podcast, is that I was able to go to one of the Global Game Jam sites and actually talk to some of the organizers, and I spent about three hours there. I know the interview is not going to be three hours, it's like 14 minutes, um, where I talk to folks. But it was fantastic. So I hope you can feel my enthusiasm. I'm actually recording this at midnight on Saturday um, because I finally got time to actually sit down when the house would be quiet and stuff like that. So let's talk about what a game jam is. A game jam, and remember, our friends at Wikipedia are really valuable. And please, please, please donate to them. You don't have to donate every single time. But if you can give them a little bit of money, that'd be super awesome. Let's say, you know, bonus time, I think, is coming around for some people. You know, I'm not telling you to give them $1,000, but, you know, $50 never hurts. All right. That was your uh, honest show for Wikipedia. But it is really valuable, and it has answered a lot of arguments. So the Game Jam is what's considered kind of a hackathon or a time when people get together uh, for two to three days, and they kind of innovate, they collaborate, they work on new ideas. Uh you know, it's from the game perspective, this is on video games, but it's also on board games as well. So don't assume, again, like we always say games, don't assume that games are always video games or board games either side. They could be VR games. They could be uh, tablet or phone games. It could be a dice game that came out of it. Um, it could be a new adventure for, say, a Dungeons and Dragons or one of the other RPGs. But you know, the other way to think about it is a gathering of people for the purpose of planning, designing, and creating one or more games within a short span of time, usually ranging between 24 and 72 hours. Some are even longer. Now, I'm going to talk a little bit about my experience into these, but this, I wanted to give a little more detail because this is really important. Participants are generally made up of programmers, game designers, artists, writers, and others in game development related fields. Now, for those who are not in game development, I'm not in game development. I know I talked, I created my own indie game, but you know, I was a kid, I wrote my own program. Do not despair. I was actually really concerned about this topic and I have, uh, talked to a lot of friends of mine in the game industry and said, oh, I'd love to be in the game industry one day. And they're like, okay, we'll come do a job for us. And I don't know if I really want to do it because, you know, I kind of like where I work and I love the people I work with and it's awesome. Hopefully my boss listens to this one day. Hey, your name. I'm not going to say his name um, or her name. Anywho, that is a joke because I think I actually, our boss changed, but uh, which if either of them are listening, it'll be really funny. But really talking, you know, to 
the folks I talked to over at Bellevue College, Renee and Michael, who were awesome. They're the organizers of the Bellevue College Global Game Jam. Uh, you know, we discussed getting involved and they said, you know, you have a lot of business skills. What do you do for a living? And I kind of started talking a little bit about it. And they're like, okay, well, you have tons of business, you know, project management, program management, operational things. Uh, you actually, one of the things I laughed about was I have a software development background as well, as well as a network and an engineering background. And then I said, well, but my real true love was I'd actually like to be uh, a voice actor at some point or try to get in voice acting. I think it would be fun. Uh, I don't know if I could ever watch what I was in, but I probably could. I don't know if voice actors do that. It'd be really cool if a voice actor is ever listening to this podcast. Send me an email, gamersover50podcast at gmail.com. Um, let me know. Do you listen to your own stuff? Because, you know, I feel like my voice acting, you know, my lifelong dream could occur of becoming the new voice of Kool-Aid. Uh, Kool-Aid is actually one of my gamer tags. It's cool with a little squiggly there, not a dash, aid. Uh, do not assume that is me playing because there are a lot of different Kool-Aids out there. But I think it would be just fun to get involved in games in one way or another. If it's voice acting, if it's helping to do some project management, you know, that was really great. And in fact, they're like, oh, why don't you stay? And I'm like, well, you know, I have a bunch of commitments with kids this weekend. If uh, in the future, I will probably be clearing the slate and getting more involved. Now, the other part of a global game jam, we've already talked about kind of what it is, time frame. We now have talked about who gets involved, is it needs a theme. And so the theme is, you know, what we're going to build games towards. So the 2019 theme was home. And I'll talk a little bit about that when we go through. But the 2020 theme is repair. So think about games of building repair. This would be really exciting. And I've actually seen some of the games that are coming out uh, from the 2020 uh, Global Game Jam because it's a worldwide kind of thing. So we have it. Uh, you know, I really love how the Global Game Jam does it because they release the theme kind of at the beginning of the jam. So I think it happened at 5.30, maybe 1.30, but I think 5.30 yesterday. Uh, which would have been a Friday, and they released it, and it was released for time zones or released for an entire uh, space of the U.S., and people were said, hey, don't tell everybody else. Um, and then they have to start. I've been involved with hackathons where I do weeks and months, and a hackathon, kind of like a game jam at your company, it's an innovation collaboration thing, but I've been involved weeks and months ahead of time and you know it's like i'm doing my own thing and i got to work in my own space and i got to go pick people out and interview whereas you know when you have this weekend aspect you have two days right and you know this makes the event much more fun because you're having to get people out of their comfort zone so you know again i'm kind of a closet introvert introvert i like to be an extrovert but i do know it takes a toll on me and i need to relax and, you know, get a sleep or just, you know, go for a walk or something on my own. But what's great about it is it takes people who may be introverts and for a weekend, they've got to work in a team or work. If they've been an individual, they've got to start joining. Or if they're, you know, a team person, they've got to get somewhere, you know, maybe down in the individual piece and help them. So it really helps them grow. It helps them learn new skills and it definitively helps them develop new relationships. And think about this, somebody from Global Game Jam, maybe some folks I was sitting around this weekend, uh, get together and they have a team and they design a game and the game becomes super popular. 
and people love the game, so they create a game studio or get involved and become a team at a game studio just out of this global game jam. I think that is like the coolest part of this is it's a, it's a vehicle for people in technology, for people who have art, people who are writing, people just complete innovation and collaboration, just to get together and create, which is something that I can tell you right now when I was in school, mind you, a long time ago, we didn't do those things. And in fact, I went back and spoke and I said, get involved, do campaigns, things like that. There are tons of stuff like you could do a campaign on a new building that's open on campus and you know, something like that. And in this case, you're doing a campaign on a game and it's something that you could take with you and you have a relationship and maybe that doesn't totally all work out. But then later on, that person has the opening for a game designer or a writer. Oh, I did this thing with a global game jam friend of mine. So really awesome. That's kind of the premise around it. That's what happens. That's some of the benefit. If you have uh, friends, family, coworkers who are into games and things like that, Share the global game jam with them. Have them take a look at the site. Have them prep for next year. There are a couple of other events that are around. I'm picking on the global game jam because I got to go to it and I got to see it this weekend. All right. So now I want to get going down into a little bit of history. So the history of the global game jam or GGJ. It's just so much easier for me to say global game jam. I am so just very sorry to my really good friend who's the executive director over there. Um, but it, it's an, you know, basically it's a distributed game jam. It was inspired by the Nordic game jam. So I'm assuming some one Nordic country, company or country. Uh, I actually didn't really look into that because I didn't want to, again, butcher another language for a country out there and have a, another country that sees me and chases me. Um, but that was actually created by Susan Gold, Ian Shriver, or Schreiber, Gorm Lai. Oh, dear Lord. And I am so far, so, so very sorry. Fawad Kozmud. Kozmud? So we'll just say that. And Fawad, I swear to goodness, if you ever in Seattle come to the house, I'll make whatever you want to eat. I promise. Um, originally, they, you know, this was developed under the International Game Developers Association, but it was under the education sig to bring elements of creativity and collaboration and experimentation and at each site participants would gather develop ideas you know small, like i said form small groups you create great games innovative games and as of 2013 there was a change right so this was a very communal it was working within the igda uh international game developers association and we can talk about them another day uh, but they then became managed by the Global Game Jam, Inc. So, really cool. Now, here's some stuff, and I think I talked about this in a previous podcast a little bit, but some data about it. In January of 2019, the Global Game Jam generated teams in 860 sites in 113 countries and created in one weekend 9,010 games. Okay, I just want to be really clear. I'm not going to be super political here, but political leaders, maybe you need to go to the Global Game Jam because think of all that fun, all that collaboration. And I mean that, everybody. I don't, you know, just boom. Think about all the amazing stuff. So in two days, 9,000 games, 9,010 games. It's amazing. Incredible. I am excited to see how many games are developed this year. Now, how do you get involved? 
Well, first, you want to go to the Global Game Jam website, which is just Bing, Google. I think it's globalgamejam.com. Uh, I do the Bing and Google thing, so it's easier. Um, but, you know, you can, like I said, go there as a skill. You, I thought going in, I wouldn't have anything to offer. You know, what was amazing after talking to Renee and Michael over at Bellevue College, I was like, you know what? I'm setting this time aside next year because I think it would be really valuable for me because it helps me grow as a person. And plus, I can help people who maybe don't think that, oh, I can do things. And remember, we've all been at that stage in our career where we're like, oh, I don't know what the next step is and things like that, where you can help those folks. So, you know, I have skills that I can help. If you have skills, you could totally get involved. Maybe you don't need to be there for the full weekend. You know, part of it is I think I could have been pretty helpful in organization, getting things set up or things like that. But also when they're going through and getting their pitch, hey, here's what we've got. And so um, it, it's really excited. Now, again, I've said this, professional game developers, educators, artists, designers, and anyone is involved. It can be involved. And like I said, again, is the game jam starts. You start with a pitch, so you find out what the you find out what the theme is, and then you just start with a pitch. I got there a little bit late. I missed the pitch, which was okay because it would have been a lot of fun to see the pitch, and I might have actually got involved and been stuck, been stuck there and not done half the things I need to do today with uh, my family. Actually, there's a lot of stuff that happened today, um, and it's the day before Super Bowl, so I'm like having the plan on all this food I have to make tomorrow to take to a friend's house. But you know, you get the theme develop your pitch, you start working on things and you know, things to the effect of taking that pitch and just getting a design, getting an idea, building out kind of a smaller plan. Now, what's kind of really awesome is let's say you have an idea of what you want. Oh, this is kind of how I'm a mechanic. I'm thinking about, right? Like a game mechanic, but I don't have the art and those types of things put together. Well, there's artists there. Plus there's a lot of additional kind of extra stuff that's sitting there not just food and drink, but props. And you may be able to bounce ideas off of some of the you know, people that are working there, some of the people helping. Um, some of the cool props were board games, action figures, game pieces, and including foam bread. And anybody who was at the Bellevue College one will know there's foam bread. But I actually learned something interesting is people who have a creative process, like myself, or maybe a little bit of introvert, uh, having something in your hands, something tactile while you're thinking, you express yourself, makes it a little bit easier. Learn something brand new, which kind of blew my mind. And now, you know, I've thought about it. Uh, I do actually like sit there and hold my mouse sometimes while I, while I talk and, or, you know, a pen in my hand. Uh, that's the old Bob Dole trick for everybody. Um, anyhow, so any groups that are still kind of, you know, doing this, if you want to do this, if you're, let's say, you're not in a major metropolitan area and you have four or five friends and you're like, Hey, I want to do a game, uh, game jam and I'm going to do it here. Or I'm at a high school or I'm at a junior college or I'm at a college and the list of places you can do it, go to check it out. You can type in something that's near your house. Maybe there's something there. Uh, but the groups that want to hold it, they have a few requirements. You have to have internet access for everybody. You have to have access to development resources such as a IDE, uh, integrated development environment. That's a look. That's a, that's how you know I don't have software, guys. Um, you may have to have some stuff previous, you know, 
possibly pre-installed at your location. You have to have an event coordinator with food and beverages, round-the-clock availability, uh, security for belongings is important. And then at each site, you're going to run the Global Game Jam for 48 hours, starting at 5 p.m. on the start date and ending at 5 p.m. on the ending date. Uh, the, again, the recommended schedule that goes along this, I, talk, I talked about this short planning, team creation, and then kind of del- development for until 3 p.m. on the final day. And the reason behind that is that you want to have a few hours afterwards so that you can present what you've created, so that you can show folks what you've created there. And what was really kind of cool was I went back and looked at some of the things that were created in 2019 at Bellevue College. And I'm going to give a uh, shout out to three of them that I didn't pick. I was told these. I won't tell everybody who's told them so nobody feels super. But there was one called the House of Mechanical Entities. Now, um, 2019's theme was home. So H-O-M-E. And you follow the adventures of robot friends, Dwayne, Roy, Keith, and Bruce, as they escape an abandoned lab to start a new life together. And so their take on the theme is that the home is the people you care about and the friends you make in life. As you go through the game, you make new robot friends and there is more sound and light in the world and it becomes possible to overcome obstacles you couldn't before. And really, they wanted to develop their game mechanics for home as an echo, as a metaphor to develop a harmony. It's, it's actually play the game. It's really fun. Um, actually played all these games. This next game is Sebastian. And you are Sebastian the Seagull. Your chicks are hungry, and you take it upon yourself to find food for them. However, outside of home is a scary place. The longer you're out, the worse you feel. Your flapping gets weaker. Your movement is sluggish, and you feel like going back. But your children need your help, so you have to go find food. And you can find food, but it's really it's kind of a cool game just to kind of move around and fly around the world. Really neat. The last one is Home Koi, K-O-I, like koi fish. Koi pond. Uh, the vast ocean can be unknowable, unforgiving, and intimidating, especially for koi who gets separated. A, a koi for, for koi who got separated from his parents at a young age due to a sudden global warming induced changes to the ocean currents. Help koi, the boy koi, feel at home while navigating the dark waters by befriending fish travel companions. Homeschooling for humans sometimes results in isolating for teenagers, but for Koi, it's way of building the family he never had. Really awesome idea, right? Where it's it's somebody kind of thinking, hey, right outside the box. All three of those are fantastic. Um, again, I talked about the theme this year is repair. I want to give a couple big thank yous out, and then you'll have the interview after. So a big thank you to one of my best friends, Kate Edwards. Uh, Kate, when you listen to this, I hope you listen to this. You may have a plane flight at some point because you're always going all amazing, cool places. I would never know about the Global Game Jam without you. Now, mind you're the executive director and you got to talk about it. But I would also not know about indie games. I wouldn't know the space outside of the major publishers, the Blizzards, the Activisions, the Microsofts. Um, thank you for giving me this gift because it is fantastic. I found so many new games that I love to play, love to look at my family. My kids have been involved. You know how much we love games in our house. I'd also like to give a huge thank you out to Renee and Michael over at Bellevue college because one, they showed me all around. 
they gave me a full explanation. They even gave me explanations on Bellevue College, what was happening there. They introduced me to their students, some of their coworkers as well. And then they sat down and they spent, again, 14 minutes to answer questions. They are some really cool questions, and I hope you enjoy them. They're going to be coming right after I stop talking here in just one minute. But again, thank you to the to Bellevue College and to the Bellevue College Globe game site and Renee and Michael. Thank you, and we'll have to figure out what next week's theme is going to be. I, I was going to think about a sports one with the Super Bowl, but I may go to another angle. So let's see what that is. Um, but enjoy your gaming. Two one. All right, welcome to the Gamers Over 50 podcast. I am at Bellevue College with the Global Game Jam. Super exciting. Kate, if you're listening, ha, I told you I'd come. So, um, really, so why is the Global Game Jam important to Bellevue College? So, we started participating in Global Game Jam three years ago, and part of the reason that we think it's a particularly important event for a couple of reasons. One is to give students a chance to apply some of the things they're learning in class in a non-class-like setting, to take a few risks, to fail in a safe space, do something interesting. Probably the biggest reason for me, uh, though, is to get them out of their, their little silos and their little zones. So if you're a computer science major, you hang out with other computer science majors. If you're a design major, you hang out with other design majors. And you don't often get a lot of opportunities to act, interact with people from different majors. So being together on the, in a team is a valuable So Because guess what? After graduation, you get to do it all the time um, in the workforce. And so our employer partners, what do they tell us? They're like, your students need uh, more real project experience. They need portfolio pieces where they're not just working with folks from the same discipline, but they're doing things uh, multifaceted, complex, real-world-like kinds of projects. I, I mean, I could echo a lot of what Michael has said, right? But you there's just, just uh, you know, I'll piggyback <laughs> off of it. How about that? Just I'll add a little bit extra. Um, something else that I think is an extremely valuable experience that I often don't like get a chance to share with students in the classroom is an opportunity to finish something to really finish it in a in a bigger way as opposed to the assignments we do um i teach game design here so a lot of the time it's a lot more segmented it's a lot more focused on a very specific technical aspect of game design whereas here they get to make whatever they want with whoever they want in whatever they want and they bring it to an amount of completion that they really can't do in a classroom or and if they do it's over several weeks or even a couple of months whereas here it's it's out and get that instant gratification of finishing a thing yeah just so important yeah it is i think it's a weird thing i graduated college and i like had to write a program but yeah. nobody ever used it and it was about selling clay pots and i was i still remember it because i didn't like it and we can make a game about that now i know well that's... we could write a make a game about making a program to sell clay pots your games stink, <laughs> Professor. Or you could make a game about going to college. That'd be a, you know, oh, my God. I would have loved that because I've already had to get one of my children through that. So, oh. <laughs> so, you know, I noticed you guys have 63 participants, and you kind of brought up the students versus non-students. What's kind of the demographic? Is it just everybody? Had, I mean, you invited me, so that would even totally whack out the age lag. So we're, I think we're at 80 attendees this year, yeah. uh, about 50 current students, 30 non-students, mm-hmm. uh, and that is 
a mix of recent alumni coming back. Maybe they've transferred to another school in the area, or maybe they're working um, their first job and they have an opportunity there. And then there's, I don't know, about half the non-students are not connected to the campus at all. So we've got a few international students inter interning at Microsoft. We've got some indie devs um, who wanted to try out um, some ideas here. Um, some veteran jammers who just like to jam multiple jams can. wherever they get, which is actually really wonderful because this is not their first rodeo. They really no. get to kind of help us oh my God. along with a lot of them. Thank God we get a few of those. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. totally. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, cool. I think overall we're trying to be in service to the community. Of course, the students first, but this really does kind of pull a lot of different people from different backgrounds together of different, like, skill sets and levels of their skill set. Yeah, one thing too that I think is interesting to note, so although Bellevue College offers a lot of four-year degrees these days, we're still primarily a community college um, at our core, and that means that our student population is extremely diverse. And when I say extremely diverse, we got a student out there who's 14 years age, um, right? Um, been released from high school because it's too boring for him participating in the jam. We have current <laughs> students in their 50s who are coming back as career changers here who are also participating participating in the jam. I mean, certainly there's a lot of um, traditional age college students as well here, but it's a, uh, it's a more diverse group. It's more students of color. It's more female students than you might expect at a, a hackathon kind of event at a different kind of college and institution. Um, so that's one reason I particularly enjoy it. And a lot of other places you go to a hackathon, sometimes it looks pretty pale, pretty male, and pretty young. Um, so yeah, I would agree. Cool, and that's actually something I noticed. Um, I did look at your site. That's why I said, oh, there's 63, because I said there were 63 persons. Oh. I scrolled down and saw people's pictures and names, and then I went over and I looked at the facilities, and I'm a huge fan of inclusion because there was a time in my life, I told you guys, I grew two feet in two years. So I was a really short kid that worked in the library in, like, fifth grade, and I could, you know, this is when you put cassettes into computers to make them work. <laughs> and that was lots of fun. But it was always funny because people were like, oh, geek or nerd. And I'm like, yeah, geek or nerd. Mm, look at me. I know it's where it's at. Yeah, you're, right? you're, yeah, still, you're still working on a farm. <laughs> That's okay. Anybody's working on a farm, it's totally cool. You guys can still work on a farm. But, you know, I heard when I was a kid, oh, you'll never make any money in video games, which is, you know, cause they, like your parents are like, I don't know why you're doing that. And my dad would say this to me all the time. And one day, about 10 years ago, I look at him like, what do you think? <laughs> do you see a lot of kids that are coming in that are saying, you know, this is not just something I want to make money at, but something that I love, that's something I enjoy, and they're trying to open I'd, that up? Honestly, I'd actually say that it starts there. It starts with them already being in love with either the medium or even the process at times. And it's their kind of path to discovery of whether or not they can make money at it or not. So right now, I, sometimes they'll come through my classroom and they'll come out of it knowing this is exactly what they want to do. Sometimes they'll realize they just love playing it and making it's really not for them. Either way, it's an extremely valuable lesson that they can learn at a community college level mm -hmm. without paying those well, private school tuition. Students often figure, <laughs> think that figuring out what they don't want to do is a failure. And it's like, do you realize how much time you just save figuring out what you don't want to do, right? That's why we do projects. That's why we do internships. Um, so, so. Well, it's very heartening that you said you have 50-year-old students here because I still haven't figured out what I want to do when I grow up, but I wanted to be in a submarine. I was too tall. Um, I was going to be a sub-captain. I don't know why. I read a lot of books when I was a kid. But it's interesting to hear people who are making career changes, and part of this podcast is for people who aren't playing games, who aren't in the game industry, to say, oh, I am was a great artist. 
I can do that. And I try to you know, bring that out in it. And I noticed, you know, you have all the, the props and everything that getting people to think about, which is something I hadn't even thought about. And I walk in the door, I'm like, oh, that makes total sense to have those types of things. Other than like pizza, coffee, sodas, props, what else do you guys have that kind of brings the inspiration? Other than, and the theme, the theme, obviously. Yeah, I'd say enthusiasm. Um, I, I don't know. I've, I've worked with Michael on this for about three years now, and we are both pretty stoked every time. We get really excited about what's being made. Um, and, and I don't know, for the last few years, we get to also see the games evolve over time. Mm-hmm. So you can actually go back on the Game Jam sites from previous years that we've done and play the old games that we've made here. And every year we make a few more, and they're getting a little bit better, a little bit better. Um, and I'd say that the crowd is getting more enthusiastic yeah. here also. Yeah, I mean, you repeat. Yeah folks who are bringing it back and they're like you know I had this idea that we had to put on the shelf because we didn't have time last year so the the participants are are bringing the enthusiasm themselves um so yeah okay any now and I did go and look at some of the games I just didn't have time today to play them but I will probably try to tonight or tomorrow adopt a dog adopt a dog is great all right you should have a multiplayer on that you need a controller so get an xbox controller yeah I got it um uh, uh, Sebastian, Sebastian, the seagull simulator, really which sounds simulator. really <laughs> goofy. Yep. Really good. H O M E. The uh, the House of Mechanical Entities. Yes. That one's Not beautiful because it has a beautiful metaphor to it, too. So the theme last year was, what does home mean to you? <laughs> and that particular one, it's called House of Mechanical Entities, you know. Yeah. Yeah, for home. And you... The, the the idea is that home is not a place, but rather the people in your life that help you get over obstacles over time. So you play as a robot trying to get out of the space, but you need to make relationships with other little robots before you can move on, and they help you overcome those obstacles. Oh, wow. I just really seriously cute. got goosebumps when you said that. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful game. All right, the last four questions, and I'll ask them one at a time. What's your favorite game? Of all time, at the moment, your favorite do you have a game. genre. I don't, I, I don't judge. You choose. You know, I, I kind of never get tired of Final Fantasy IX. It is the one for me that, no matter how how sick I might get, it's the one that makes me feel happy. <laughs> I can play it over and over again. And I think it was because it might have been the first game that I ever played that had like a, like a much more robust story to it. I actually felt something rather visceral when I finished. Oh, that cool. Game. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, like, if you asked me, like, ten minutes ago, I probably would have given you a radically different answer. I mean, it's yeah. one of those things, like, favorite movie that, yeah. like, it's it's pretty challenging. What's been hitting the table a lot um, at my house with various different uh, audiences is Mysterium. Um, so it's a visual-based um, yep. board game, uh, cooperative game. Got a lot of really interesting mechanics. Somebody asked me to explain it. It's like, well, it's not like anything else. So uh, I love games that are like that, that are that you people ask you what they're like and you're like I can't it doesn't have mechanics that are similar to anything else got it okay I'm adding mystery to look at my game alright what was the first game you ever played um I think it was Kung Fu on the uh, original Atari oh wow yeah that was the first one I ever played I was not good at it the first one I ever enjoyed was Hogan's Alley on the NES then it was a quick transition into um you know uh, Duck Hunt and, oh yeah. Yeah, and then you know, of course, Mario. You are younger Super than Mario. me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not stealing this from Ready Player One, but Adventure on Atari. Nice. Dude, seriously, the Red Dragon—he's gonna eat you every single time. Oh. You have to go through the top of his head. 
come out the other side. It freaks my kids out. They can't oh, play that Ultra game at all. Beast. Don't forget Ultra Beast. That oh, was yeah. A great one. All right. These are the last two ones. Now, what is your favorite type of game to play? Tabletop, phone, PC, console, VR, dice? I think dice. I still need the living room console. I mean, I'll, I'm, I'm fine on a computer. I'm fine on my, my, my phone. But I, there's just something about the controller on a couch and a big TV bringing the family together. My husband and I have been playing a lot of Children of Morta, okay. which is awesome because it's, it's a couch it's a couch co-op, and there aren't a lot of those out there. No, so no, recommended. No. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Uh, BoardGameGeek.com is the best website on the planet. <laughs> I would agree. Actually, when I started this out, I've, what's funny is I, I found it, the and then... Geek. And then South Park did an episode where they did it. I'm like, damn it! I'm like one week ahead of them. Oh, I'd say that you're just you're right on. I know. Right Which, on time. All right. What is your best memory of gaming? What if you had a, a memory or moment? That time, I was beating my brother, who's six years older than me, at uh, this. No, I'm serious. I know this. I didn't even have to skip a beat on this one. So we were playing. We were playing Mario Kart. This is the first Mario Kart. Um, and I was beating him, and oh, he was so furious, he was so furious, but he was saving a red shell for me. He was saving it, and I don't know if you know a red shell, but that actually kind of tracks you, it's like mm-hmm. a sinking missile. And right before I'm about to, to hit the, the cross line, like I'm yeah, about to, sure yeah, the finish, line, yeah. the finish line, thank you. Um, he, 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 he fires it off, and he thinks he's gonna get me and, and, and pass me, but instead it pushes me over the finish line. <laughs> and he loses his mind, he loses it. I cannot tell you yes. how many times I ask this question, and it is either an older sibling. Oh, yeah. Or my favorite one was a husband talking about his wife who's been beating him at console games for like 20 years. Yeah. And I was like, I really felt bad when I left, but then I'm like, you know, maybe he's letting it. I had to like think about it. It's still perplexing me. It's like yeah. that, you know, like at the end of those movies where you're like, did that person get killed no. or not? My mother still has my original Dr. Mario console oh, or the cartridge oh, yeah. and console. She still plays it like every day. So when I go back to visit no, her for Thanksgiving, no, I'm not kidding. No, uh, so when I go back no. to visit her for Thanksgiving, she kicks my ass <laughs> every time. She She's is like, okay, yes. professor, go. Yeah, that's right. She's a 65 year old lady freaking schooling me in Dr. Mario. Oh, we might have to interview her in yeah, sometime in the future. Incredible. All right, best memory. Mm. Uh, Tabletop RPGs um, over at friends' houses, 14, 15, 16 years old, staying up all night, being out in the tent trailer in summer, wasting away time, just making whole weekends, whole weeks during the summer vanish with ridiculously long campaigns. And, you know, these days, having any free time as a dad is a scarce commodity, so, you know. I totally get it. Well... Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. I'm going to hit stop.